Focus on the Family Canada's Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program is a proven program designed to save couples from the brink of divorce. For over 15 years, Hope Restored Marriage Intensives have helped more than 4,500 couples, and over 80% of those surveyed are still together two years after attending. If you or someone you know is facing a crisis in their marriage, please call Focus on the Family Canada today at 1-833-999-HOPE or visit hoperestoredcanada.ca to find out more. Sarah has enriched my life and the lives of others in wonderful ways. Her life is meaningful and full of purpose. The hundreds of other special needs parents I've met along the way, they tell me they feel the same. The world is a better place because of our children. Hmm. Well, that's Shauna Amick describing her beautiful daughter, Sarah, who has Down syndrome. Uh, today on Focus on the Family, we're going to hear about Shauna and Sarah's remarkable journey and how God kept showing up in their lives. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, I wonder how many people know that today, uh, March 21st, is World Down Syndrome Day, and which is a day of celebration and global awareness officially observed every year by the United Nations since 2012. And this is a growing global campaign to advocate for the rights, inclusion, and well-being of people with Down syndrome. But ironically, uh, we completely disregard preborn babies who've been identified with this particular disability. Mm -hmm. It's estimated in the United States that 67% of pregnancies with a Down syndrome child end in abortion. 67%. Mm. And in some European countries, it's as high as 90%. That is really sad. And... Um I mean, any abortion is tragic. It's heartbreaking that so many in our culture, though, are looking at these precious lives saying, mm -hmm. doesn't matter, not valuable, even though these are babies created in God's image. Absolutely. It doesn't mean there's not hardship. There will be. Mm -hmm. But how do you become more like Christ right there within your own family. Uh, here's the thing, John, God doesn't make mistakes. Um, there are going to be obstacles in a, a, a world that is full of sin and has fallen away from God, but we can quickly um, see those imperfections in someone with Down syndrome or some other physical or mental disability. And maybe we judge them or we pity them for the condition they're in. Mm -hmm. But God often does his greatest work through our weaknesses, right? And uh, where there is a mess, God has a greater plan and purpose that's far beyond what we can imagine. Mm -hmm. And that's been the experience of our guest today, and I'm looking forward to discussing this issue with her. Yeah, um, Shauna is an author, speaker, and disability rights advocate. Uh, she's the director of radio marketing for Johnny and Friends, the ministry founded by our good friend Johnny Erickson Tata. And Shauna is the mom of three, and uh, she's a contributing author to a book we're offering today called Real Families, Real Needs, A Compassionate Guide for Families Living with Disability. And then Shauna has captured her own personal story in a little booklet, My Baby Has a Disability, Life-Giving Questions and Answers. And you can learn more about these resources at focusonthefamily.ca. Shauna, welcome to Focus on the Family. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we're recording in Southern Cal at our good friend Sarah at Ambassador's uh, conference room, actually. It was nice of them to make this available to us. It sure was. Uh, Shauna, I understand you've been a pro-life advocate uh, for more than two decades, and you also worked with Pregnancy Resource Centers. By the way, let me give that unabashed plug for Pregnancy Resource Centers. Mm -hmm. You want to get involved in your community? Call them up and see how you might volunteer or help them. Certainly support them financially. The PRCs deserve that kind of local support, and they're in your community. I am almost 
sure that they're there for you. So you were doing that, and in 2005, your pro-life convictions were tested. How were they tested? Well, I uh, ended up being pregnant with my third baby and went in for what I thought was going to be that routine ultrasound where you get to find out if you're having a boy or girl. And I'm, I'm confessing that was about the extent of my vision for the day. I wanted to know what color I was going to be painting the room when sure. I got home. And as I laid on that table and uh, the ultrasound technician took longer and longer to look at this baby growing inside of me and then settled on my baby's heart and stared at the ultrasound image of Sarah's heart for close to 45 minutes. Hmm. And with my untrained medical eye, I knew we had a problem. Yeah, you didn't know quite yet. I really was. had no idea what the problem was, but I uh, knew that uh, I, had, I had had two children already. I knew we right. didn't take this long right. doing an ultrasound. And I knew enough about the human heart to know that there were supposed to be four chambers in it. And Sarah had no chambers in her heart. It was a, a circle with a little piece of tissue that would kind of float around every time my heart beat. And I asked the technician, when are you going to tell me? And, and she said, oh, I'm, I'm going to have the doctor come in and see uh -huh. you. And uh, the doctor sat in front of me and, and told me that my baby had what was called an AV canal heart defect and that uh, that specific heart defect was a red flag for Down syndrome. Uh, she then told me about all the other markers that she saw through ultrasound and immediately offered an abortion. And uh, at that point, I couldn't really speak. I just shook my head, no. Let me ask you, though, in that moment when, when a medical professional, I mean, obviously, you're going through trauma mm -hmm. and you're getting all your fears confirmed and right. things you may have even had a mommy's intuition about, mm -hmm. right? And then they say, yeah, we would highly recommend an abortion. Mm. What flows through your mind at that mm. point? Uh, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I was kind of sitting with my arms crossed, and I literally pinched my arm. It just didn't no. feel like reality. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I could tell you in the moment. There were a whole lot of thoughts going through my head other than no. But uh, after the fact, uh, very soon after I left the office, I just started praising God that I knew the truth of Scripture, that all life is sacred. It was actually Psalm 16 huh. that God gave me and carried me through the next five months of uh, that pregnancy. Specifically, the boundary lines have fallen mm. for me in pleasant places. And I have a delightful inheritance. And, you know, I would drive by. I mean, we were in the hospital all the time after that throughout the rest of the pregnancy. I, I, it became a high-risk pregnancy. Uh, Sarah was born on a beautiful June morning and just quickly started dying, as they told me, because of her heart defect. And uh, it would be six weeks until she was strong enough to have the surgery itself, and then another two months of staying in Children's Hospital in Boston recovering. And so every day I would see other moms with healthy babies, no heart defect, no disability, and God would just remind me, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places too. Yeah, but even in that, I mean, there's, there's that immediate faith response that you mm -hmm. had, which was a good step in God's direction. Did you, at some point in that journey, begin to say, 
I'm not feeling close to the Lord. I, mm. You know, did you have moments where you were struggling? I had moments of struggling with Sarah's diagnosis. I certainly had a lot of fear. Uh, I'm grateful that it didn't shake my faith. Um, it totally shook my core, I can yeah. say that. And I had a lot of questioning uh, the Lord. Why? Why would yeah. he do this to my baby? Why would he do it to me? And um, three months later, after open heart surgery, after everything that she had to go through at, uh, in the NICU and the children's hospital, and I was finally told I could bring my baby home, I, uh, I said, well, I'm going to go for a walk before I put her in the car. That made everybody nervous. I don't know if they expected me to <laughs> come back or not. Yeah. Um, but I had it out with the Lord. Can I say that? I, I said, sure. what happened to the bread I asked for? Why did you give me this stone? And uh, oh, about four miles into my walk, I really heard the Lord say, you were asking for a stone. I gave you the bread. Huh. And it just about knocked the wind out of me. And I, I walked in. I said, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Uh, I took my baby home. I set up her little hospital room right next to my bed. And, and we've been doing life together for 16 years now. <laughs> yeah. And, but uh, yeah, I so appreciate the vulnerability of what you were struggling with. Because, mm. you know, women are listening right now mm. who are maybe facing all kinds of things that are right. challenging their faith. Mm-hmm. And it, it may be a diagnosis of their preborn child and what's happening and the fears of that. And it might be difficulty in their marriage. It could be a whole host of things. So right. I, I do appreciate that honesty. And to the blackness of your heart, mm-hmm. we all have sin in our heart, right? Yeah. So we're all going to have doubts and fears. That's part of being in this life. But it's so amazing when we choose faith in Christ, mm. no matter what form that takes. Because right. I really think it puts a smile on his face when we trust him. Mm. You, you had a couple of experiences that really helped bolster you, mm. what you called kind of the, I, I would call God incidences, the yes. co- coincidences that occur. Mm. One was where um, you were in a fast food restaurant and something happened. What was that? I was, yes. Okay, well, um, <laughs> I had been crying for a good many weeks at that point, and I had my two older children, Veronica and Gideon. Veronica was six, and Gideon was four. And we lived out in the boondocks, okay? So there wasn't a matter of getting in the, or going out the front door and going for a walk to see people. I had been kind of housebound, living out in the woods with these kids, and I just had a little bit of cabin fever and thought, okay, that's enough crying for for now. And let's pack up, and we're going to go do something crazy, and Go get some fries, right? <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> Jump food you to the that? rescue. <laughs> well, could I come? Oh, well, I, <laughs> I like fries. Yeah. I packed up the kids and we headed into town and parked ourselves and uh, got our, our you know chicken nuggets and fries and just started being normal people for a yeah. moment. And um, I, I don't know if I lasted maybe twenty minutes and then I just you know had another episode. I looked out the window and just started crying again. Yeah. yeah. And um, this lady, all of a sudden, I can feel her hand on my shoulder. And she just tapped me on the shoulder. I looked up, and she said, Honey, I don't know what, what's going on right now, but you know, I just want you to know it's going to be okay, that my friend and I are praying for you, and, and we want you to know huh. everything's going to be okay. Hmm. Now, that would have been enough 
But when she pointed to her friend, it was a young man with Down syndrome. Oh, my. And she had no idea. I mean, she yeah. knew I was pregnant. She could see that. She just but saw she you had crying. no idea what, what I was crying that's over. That's amazing. Is, I, I feel yeah. like, it's like that's, the Lord was that's saying, one of those, be careful how you entertain strangers, yeah. right? They could be angels yeah, so unaware. True. Another God incident was listening to the Focus broadcast. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. That's when the <laughs> Lord turned my car into this holy sanctuary. Huh. What happened? Okay, another day where, um, and of course, this is, I lived in New England. It's cold. Right? So again, we're not going for a walk. What can we do? I got to get out of the house. I pack the kids up. We're going to go to the mall. Uh, this beautiful God moment where I look in the back seat as I pull into the mall parking lot and the two kids are asleep. Right? Ah, that perfect. in itself, you know. That's yeah. <laughs> and so I thought, well, I'm going to let them sleep. I'll just listen to the radio. And here comes Focus on the Family. And, you know, I'm, I'm not quite remembering word for word, but it was something, the intro was something like, um, have you been diagnosed with an uh, adverse, or have you had an adverse diagnosis in your pregnancy? Mm. Well, stay tuned, because this show is for you. Yeah, wow. And do you know that those two kids stayed asleep for that whole program so I could sit in the front and have focus on the family, hmm. minister to me. Hmm. And truly, I truly did feel like that car just turned into God's holy sanctuary, just speaking to my soul. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. This time of year, Deeks Insurance has a few reminders for us, like making sure eavesdrops are cleared of debris to prevent overflow and to extend downspouts about six to eight feet away from a home's foundation. Deeks Insurance would also like to remind us that their enhanced water option is a great way to protect your home from unexpected water damage. Since 1981, Deeks has been a licensed insurance brokerage. See how they can help protect you and your budget. Get started at deeksinsurance.ca. Deeks Insurance, where family matters. Do you have a desire to help families thrive? Named one of the best Christian workplaces in Canada, Focus on the Family Canada is looking for skilled, passionate people to join our dynamic team. We are currently looking to fill positions in marketing, digital media, and web development at our head office in Langley, BC. If you or someone you know feels called to be part of our dynamic team, explore current job openings today at focusonthefamily.ca slash employment. After 11 years, Brett's marriage had grown stale. He wanted something better for he and his wife. Focus on the families helped our marriage from the standpoint of opening our hearts to see things from the other's perspective and to make sure that God is centered in our marriage. I'm Jim Daly. Together we can save more marriages like Brett's and give families hope. Donate at focusonthefamily.ca slash give. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Shauna, you really identify with an Old Testament character. I, I think those that know the story of Hagar mm. would put the pieces together, mm. but explain mm. Hagar, her travails, and how you identify oh, with sure, her. Oh, sure, sure. All right. Well, um, people are going to want to read Genesis 16 to get the, the whole Hagar story, of course, but she's uh, the outcast who's mm -hmm. just feeling rejected and, uh, and far from the Lord. And um, 
I didn't really identify with Hagar until the night before Sarah's open heart surgery, when um, for those first six weeks of Sarah's life, she had been connected to all kinds of life support. And we knew that open heart surgery was waiting for her in the morning. And right around midnight, her nurse came in and started unplugging her from all of these life support machines. And of course, I was flabbergasted because I had been told for six weeks she can't survive without this. Before I could say anything, her nurse picked Sarah up out of her little hospital crib and put her in my arms and said, I think you and your baby should go for a walk. And I I was about to ask, uh, uh, and she said, just don't leave the hospital and be back in 20 minutes. So kind of like a zombie even, I went on autopilot down the hall and I got in the elevator and in a very childlike way, I wanted to get as close to God as I could. So I pushed the top button (laughs) in the elevator, uh, not knowing where I was going to land. I really had not left Sarah's room for those first six weeks. Well, the elevator door opened, and what was waiting for me was floor-to-ceiling glass windows overlooking the Boston skyline at Mm. midnight. It's quite a fascinating scene. Mm. And I I ultimately felt very small. Like, here I am with millions of other souls, all of us needing the Lord, and who am I? Uh, And I'm holding this dying baby in my arms, Mm. right? The only prayer I could squeak out was the name of the Lord. And so I I just said, Jesus. And I I felt in that moment that God said to my heart, I see you. I see you, and I see that dying baby in your arms. And, you know, um, Sarah still had Down syndrome. She was still going to need open-heart surgery in a, a matter of hours. Uh, We didn't know if she'd survive it. Uh, But what changed in that moment is I was no longer the outcast. I was no longer rejected or I did not feel far from the Lord. He saw me, right? He saw what we were going through, and it completely changed my perspective and gave me the the strength to go into surgery the next day. Yeah, that's a wonderful story of how the Lord will encourage us. Do you think in that circumstance, do you think the Lord would do that for everybody and sometimes we just miss it? Oh. I mean, I tend to lean that direction, that He's there, but sometimes we're so um, lacking being Mm. in tune with Him Mm -hmm. or even having a heart open to Him that we'll miss those moments where He's expressing Himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I always, I fully believe God speaks our love language. Yeah. Right? So for some of us, it's words. Other times, it's maybe he shows us something in nature. A hand on the shoulder. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? And we do need those eyes to see. Um, so, I mean, this is going to sound really very simple, but that's why we've got to stay so close to him, right? In the word and in prayer. Yeah. Uh, I would have missed it otherwise. Tell us about your daughter today. Oh, my goodness. I'd love to. Yes. Well, and it's what have you seen? <laughs> All those fears. You've alluded to this earlier that if, you know, now I don't have those fears. I, you know, it's not there what you've learned. So that's what I want to hear. What have you learned? Okay. What have I learned? I have learned the truth 
of the sanctity of life. And mm. uh, believe it or not, every night when I'm praying over Sarah as we go to bed, I am thanking God that she has Down syndrome because she would not be Sarah. She wouldn't be Sarah any other way. So the very thing that completely threw me into a panic is what I am able to thank God for mm. now. Uh, you talked about princess dancers, right? <laughs> um, Sarah, of course, means princess. So she's my princess, and I'll tell you what, that kid can dance. Um, so she loves music. She loves dancing. Uh, her favorite uh, artist is Elvis, of course. Oh, my. And she does a fantastic Elvis impersonation. <laughs> so any chance she'll get, she'll put on her Elvis outfit and, and grab a mic and, and do a little dance for us. Uh, you know, she's just um, everything wonderful. She's got every emotion that everybody else does, which is actually something that maybe somebody listening doesn't understand. Uh, folks who don't have friends or family members with Down syndrome will sometimes say to me, oh, isn't that great? Your, your daughter has Down syndrome. That means she's always happy, right? Um, which personally, it's a little insulting mm. because it's almost taking away her humanity. Like, well, no, she's a person. She's got all the same emotions you have. So she's happy and she's sassy and... <laughs> And everything. And she's fun, and, and she gets angry, just <laughs> like me. Yeah. Um, and she loves Jesus. In fact, you, you mentioned in the describing of Sarah her ability to pray, oh, that she's yeah. a prayer warrior. Again, that would surprise some people because we assume that cognitively that connection may not be strong. But how does she pray? Oh, you know, Sarah is 16 years, uh, 16 years old at this point. Her, her language is getting more and more um, understandable. I, of course, can understand her. But I'll tell you what, if there's ever a chance when the pastor or anybody asks for a volunteer to pray, she's always going to be the first to volunteer. <laughs> and there have been plenty of times where the rest of us, all we understand is, Dear God! And then Sarah will just let loose. And she is, you know, calling down heaven. And at the end, you hear, Amen! No. <laughs> None of us might even know what she just prayed, but I promise you, Jesus knows mm. what that little girl prayed, and I, I think it makes him smile. Well, it's so awesome. And even for some people to hear what you said a moment ago, that you know your daughter with Down syndrome, that you sound comfortable with that, mm. might even make them uncomfortable, mm. that you would right. be comfortable with that, right? Sure. And I think the last question I wanted to ask you is just with that transformation that you've had moving from... What, what has happened to me, Lord, mm. to acceptance. Mm. And then, um, you know, today you wouldn't want a do-over. That's right. That's powerful. Some people would be totally confused by that. Yeah, you know, I think that's what I always want um, moms to hear when they've been given a diagnosis, whether it's Down syndrome or any other kind of disability or adverse diagnosis, as I remember from my Focus on the Family <laughs> right. uh, broadcast there. Um, you can do this, right? Don't, don't let the world tell you that there's something wrong with your baby. There's nothing wrong with your baby. Uh, God's hands knit that baby together in your womb exactly the way he designed, right? So um, I guess if there was any do-over, it would just be, I wish I was a little stronger uh, wow. when I went through it, um, but certainly wouldn't change a thing about Sarah and, and that's what I want other parents to know, that if they go through that initial, of course it's a crisis, of course right. there's tragedy, of course there's trauma, right? We wouldn't be 
human otherwise if we didn't have any of these emotions. But once you get on the other side, you're going to praise God that your baby is exactly the way God made that baby. You know, Shauna, it, it strikes me that in this day and age, that mama's heart for her child, mm. it comes out so mm -hmm. boldly in you. And even if in the beginning you didn't feel it, you know, you had to work through it. And I so appreciate that. But that mama's heart, you think in our culture today with what I perceive to be just an all-out war against children, right. to be honest with you. Yeah. And, and so that I'm pointing that out in that, you know, when you look at that, it, it's just beautiful to see that you can embrace what is and that you can trust in God. And, mm. and so many of us need to do that mm -hmm. more so. Right. With, uh, with regardless, right? As you said earlier, regardless, regardless. of our, our situation, I'm, I'm grateful the Lord trusted me with her. Yeah. Right. I'm, wow. I, I consider that an honor. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if I can speak to the mama's heart, can I for Absolutely. just a moment? Um, it's, it looks different depending on who I'm talking to. So um, and perhaps this will make sense. I hope it will. Sometimes I'll have a little child, you know, a child come up and kind of be staring at Sarah. And um, I, I love this one scene where we were at a playground and a little boy not only was staring at her but he finally came up to me and said what's wrong with her and in that moment my heart was just so tender because i saw this is a teachable opportunity um, well you know what there's actually nothing wrong with her you know she thinks a little different than you and maybe she talks a little different than you but she loves the slide just like you do she loves to swing and, you know, this little guy, I don't know, maybe he was five. He, he kind of thought about that. And he said, okay. And they played together for the oh, next wow. 20 or so mm -hmm. minutes. Um, that was a wonderful gift. I, I kind of get the other extreme. <laughs> I can get a little mama bear when sometimes I might have an adult who thinks there's something wrong with my child. And you know, shame on me. I should have the same attitude and, and see it also as a teachable moment. But I'm just gonna I think this is the time for confession on this focus on the family. <laughs> Some <laughs> woman's in a in a minivan listening <laughs> yes. right now. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with her. You know, I mean I've had moms uh, kind of pull their children away from mine as though they think they're gonna catch Down syndrome. And and that just breaks my heart. So yeah. I guess if there's anyone in the minivan right now listening to this, um, think about that mom of, of a special needs child and give her a little grace and mercy and realize oh, yeah. that uh, her child is just as valuable as yours. Boy, that's a good word for all of us, actually. Uh, Shauna, this has been so good. Thank you for sharing your mm -hmm. heart. Thank you for and having me. Lessons learned and the good things. I hope, uh, you know, the listeners and the viewers, I hope you've caught the heart of what we're talking about today that if you've received that adverse diagnosis or maybe something else is happening in your life that is adverse, mm -hmm. we have caring Christian counselors who can talk with you and even refer you to a counselor in your area if you feel that is your next step. So call us. And this is humanity in all of its goodness and all of its darkness. And uh, what you're going through is certainly something we'd love to talk with you about. Plus, we have resources for you, including uh, Joni Erickson Tata's great book that Shauna was a, a contributor of. John, what is that? That is called Real Families, Real Needs, a compassionate guide for families living with disability. And as you said, Jim, Johnny is kind of the uh, main author and editor for this great resource. 
And uh, as you're aware, Focus on the Family Canada is a listener-supported ministry, and uh, we rely on your generosity to keep making broadcasts, podcasts, and resources like this available. If you can, please make a monthly donation or a one-time gift of any amount. Uh, Support the work of Focus on the Family Canada today. Uh, Donate and get your copy of uh, this book, Real Families, Real Needs, when you call 800, the letter A in the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. And on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.